Hey everyone. Hey everyone. I'm Emily. And I'm Maria. And this is the Open Plan Podcast. We're excited to have you here. Join us in navigating life and architecture as young professionals tackling career, education, social lives, and everything in between. Keep up with us on Instagram at Open Plan Podcast. So now let's get into it. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to another episode of Open Plan Podcast. We're so happy you're here. So happy. (laughs) So today we have a really fun interview with Banksy, but before we do that, we're going to do a little bit of a catch up and some recommendations. Per the usual. Um, It's Saturday morning. We're chugging coffee. (laughs) It's beautiful outside. It's like 75 and sunny. And yeah, we just want to do a life update. Maria, what's been going on with you? Nothing. Oh, nothing. (laughs) I got engaged. No big deal. Oh my God. (laughs) uh so that was fun yeah jose planned a whole day behind my back along with emily and <laughs> we had a great time oh my god we went to the botanical gardens and we got dinner they went to a brewery and all my friends were there to surprise me it was amazing yeah what a great day jam-packed <laughs> full of activities yes i was exhausted <laughs> it was funny because we actually recorded a podcast the morning of mm-hmm. the proposal the previous episode yeah yeah so like low-key jose was probably just in the apartment like pacing while we were recording like mm-hmm. we need to go to the botanical garden yeah and then he gave me like 15 <laughs> minutes to get ready <laughs> yeah and it was thunderstorming yes it which was cleared up right mm-hmm. in time um i was a little nervous i was also texting him just like you gonna do it still even if it's <laughs> raining what are you gonna do but yeah it worked out and it was such a lovely day yeah i'm so happy it was really fun and it's pretty ring big update yeah it's very pretty <laughs> definitely a big update um what about you? Uh, I didn't necessarily get engaged. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been, you know, just the usual. Um, Nikki, Ashcom's sister, visited us. Um, so that was really fun. I like playing tourist in Atlanta sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to see your city, like, you know, appreciated again. We yeah. just did, like, the whole, like, Beltline and Crog Street and Pond City Market. And if you're not from Atlanta, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But you should look those up. They're mm. cool. <laughs> yeah. If you come visit, you should go there. Yes. Um, so, yeah. But besides that, just the usual. Nothing much on my end. Have you been watching anything fun? Um, have been watching one thing that if you're into true crime, I do recommend. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called The Serpent. Oh. And I binged it, actually, in, like, two days kind of but i was like staying up really late like watching it It is so scary and it's a true story um and it's about a guy who um is from south southeast asia he kind of preys on tourists on the hippie trail almost it's from the 1970s so it was like a phase where like a bunch of like teens and people in their 20s would go and like hitchhike and explore southeast asia thailand india things like that and he basically preyed on them because they were always on drugs. Well, oh, not really. He gosh. he drugged them. <laughs> so anyway, very intense. Yeah. So it's super intense, but very well done series. Um, I recommend if you're into that kind of stuff. And I am. But then I get scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. So we started watching The Keepers. Oh, I've never seen that. I, we haven't finished it yet. Also, I would like to clear something up from the previous episode. My brother gave me crap for not knowing, not having paid attention on the robbery museum, museum robbery 
show because I said I didn't know if they found them out. I ha- I wasn't done with the series. <laughs> I wasn't done. She was giving you a real now. reaction in real time. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "What do you mean? Like, you didn't pay attention? You don't know if they found the paintings or not?" Well, well, in I episode finished. two, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, just clearing that up. Um, but yeah, we haven't finished it yet, but. I don't know. It's kind of intense. But we also have been watching The Handmaid's Tale that came out. Oh, my gosh. So intense. (sighs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Episode three. Just skip it. Honestly. Wait, are you in season one? (laughs) No. um, The season, fourth season came out this week. They released three episodes. Okay. And the first two are really good. The third one is horrible. It. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. I kind of stopped watching Handmaid's Tale, but I want to get back into it. It got really heavy yeah, after a while, very... and I just didn't return to it for mm-hmm. a little bit. But it is a good show. So. Yeah. If wow. you're into that. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was our little catch up. And now we're going to dive into our awesome interview with Banksy Akuchu. All right. So we're so excited to have Banksy in the studio with us today. Banksy is originally from Yaoundé, Cameroon. He moved to Atlanta when he was six years old. He got his Bachelor of Science in Architecture from Georgia Tech and then worked for a year before returning to graduate school as a dual degree Master of Architecture and MBA student. During his time in grad school, he served as president of the NOMAS chapter, a Racy Anderson Sustainability Fellow, and served as an ambassador for both the College of Design and College of Business. Within the industry, he has gained experience in multifamily housing, senior living, and student housing. Throughout grad school, he has continued working part-time at a local firm for one of his professors. He is passionate about community-centered design, sustainability, and creating spaces that bring people together. Welcome, Banksy! Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, so we've known Banksy for quite a while. I have, at least since undergrad. We went to undergrad kind of together. No, you were a year ahead of me, right? Yeah, I was a year ahead, but it all floats. You were around there, yeah. Yeah, and I think I met him for the first time during our summer studio. Yeah, um, with Keith. With Keith, which was a really cool studio. It was like futuristic drone and very fast-paced. Yeah, very <laughs> fast-paced. And I think we were designing drone hangers yeah. on like three different scales, which yep. was oh my goodness. a lot. What Classic a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to think that was three years ago. And then we did all of grad school together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Yeah, when do you think, I feel like the Portman uh, Boston trip is what really like solidified everyone's relationships. Yeah, (laughs) and everyone could get out of studio and actually hang out with each other. Yeah, Yeah. go get drinks. That was fun. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is funny because like when we started talking about having a podcast, like, I don't know, two years ago, we're like, oh, we need to have Banksy on there. (laughs) 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 Because he's a great person, but also... He's got a great voice. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. And little did we know that you'd be pursuing such a unique path. So <laughs> it worked out great. So, um, yeah, a little bit about Banksy. We're going to kind of go into his background, starting from the very beginning. What drew you to architecture? Ooh. I think it goes back to like transitioning from middle to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in middle school, I started doing a program called Science Olympiad. Um, And there was like a bridge and tower design competition. So that's kind of when I first got really interested in uh, bridge and tower design. But then in high school, I think I was talking with one of my teachers 
professors yeah. in high school, <laughs> <laughs> um, talking with one of my teachers. And I've always been very creative and singing for my whole life. So I wanted something that was more creative than um, technical. Mm -hmm. And so she told me to look into architecture. And I think this was 10th grade. And from then on, it's just been like, I know what I want to do. This mm -hmm. is wow. it. Wow. So had you like heard of architecture before your counselor had mentioned it at all? Oh, not at all. Wow. Because I initially thought I was going to be an engineer. Oh. I think towards more towards like civil engineer with bridge design and mm -hmm. kind of structures for the towers. Right. But architecture was just a lot of the best way to kind of bring together creativity and the technical aspects of what I loved. Gotcha. Had anyone in your family ever been an architect or anything? Oh, no. So you're the first one. Yeah. Just like us. <laughs> I feel like this is a common like trend that like, recently with like everyone we've been interviewing and our friends. It's like, yeah, no one else in my family did it. And no one yeah. really knew what it was. Yeah. And then we all kind of just embarked. Yeah. I feel like there are very few um, architecture students where like their dad or mom was an architect and then they wanted to follow that path yeah. as well. I feel like if you have that, you you don't become an architect i know <laughs> it's been in your you life see, yeah you so see long. their lifestyle <laughs> yeah and we just had no idea so yeah. yeah that's awesome so then you went on to do your undergrad at georgia tech yep. and then you worked for a year so where did you work in between undergrad and grad school um in between undergrad and grad school i worked at a firm called roseman and associates um they're based out of kansas city denver and st louis but they were just starting up an Atlanta office that summer. And so I think I got connected with them through a recruiter and was the second employee there. Whoa, oh, what? Yeah, yeah wow, so kind that's of- that's a lot for an undergrad student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or recent grad, yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it kind of worked out because their other offices had been around for a lot longer. So I started out doing a lot more work for kind of like the Denver and Kansas City office just because um, my boss was starting to do business development to mm -hmm. bring in projects just for Atlanta. Um, so kind of got my hands in uh, doing CDs and um, schematic design. Mm -hmm. What awesome. kind of projects did they work on? Um, that's the senior living student housing oh, and multifamily housing experience I got. So I've learned a lot about senior living centers <laughs> that I needed to know. <laughs> These are all good things to know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Learn about ADA and True. accessibility yeah. and all that. Mm -hmm. That's great. And it like makes it kind of makes it easier to whenever you're do like designing housing if you already have like the strict requirements for yeah. senior living in mind. It kind of like makes it easier to incorporate like and make sure you're abiding by ADA and FHA for yeah. sure. fair housing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If people haven't heard of that. Yes. <laughs> all the standards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. So what made you want to return to graduate school? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I kind of had to. Right. Um, so the Tech's undergrad program is a four plus two. Mm -hmm. So I had to come back to grad school to even be able to start sitting down for my exams and eventually get licensed. Right. right. So that was kind of like a driving force in me coming back. And I chose to only work for one year because I was like, if I don't come back right away, I'm just going to keep pushing it off. <laughs> yeah. And who knows when I'll actually 
go back to grad school. Right. You could be like me where I just worked for like five years and then eventually <laughs> came back. But yeah, it's so true that you kind of get in a groove of not being in school. Yeah. And it's really hard to like return. But yeah, Maria did it all the way through, which yep. I think was smart, but exhausting. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very expensive and exhausting. But I think there's pros and cons of doing work and then returning to graduate school. Like I think for mm-hmm. me, I needed it to like gain more confidence in my career choice and knowing that I liked working in architecture. So do you feel like after your experience working that you knew you wanted to be, you know, return and become a licensed architect and things like that? Yeah, no. So I, after working, I kind of got a bit of the taste of the industry and I still really liked it. So I wasn't deterred from coming (laughs) back. Um, But I think the one benefit of like working in between um, school undergrad and grad school mm-hmm. is like you start understanding a bit more of the the technical requirements yeah. that go into design because everything we do in school is so theoretical yeah, and right. you're always designing for a fictitious client and no the, gravity yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the professors like don't really make sure it's like most buildings people design in school are not buildable. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah, work definitely grounds you and you're like, there's a budget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> structure. Oh, no. And it's a little bit of, of what we talked about in the other, in the grad school episode, I think, where it's like you understand more of what you want from grad school because mm-hmm. you already worked. So you see the gaps in your education, right? And you're yeah. like, I don't know how to do this or I, I didn't learn how to do this. And then when you go back to grad school, you're like, looking out for those things mm-hmm. or you're asking questions that are related to that yeah yeah definitely yeah i think um that's awesome too you know that you kind of solidified that yeah you want to be an architect you return back to grad school how was your experience in grad school Ooh, it was a lot of fun yeah. i got to meet you guys and everyone else um not the best people ever <laughs> of course um but i think grad school was really kind of not eye-opening. Um, it could be a little eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I think grad school helped me kind of figure out a lot more of what I wanted from design. Mm-hmm. And I think in grad school is when I actually really started getting into like community-based design and sustainability and making sure things were saving the environment mm-hmm. um, compared to undergrad. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, taking on bigger issues. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, to tease the next topic, is that where you discovered the business side of architecture a little bit more? But uh, Yeah, but I think, like most people don't actually know this, but I've actually been thinking about getting an MBA since my junior year of undergrad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Leaked some knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Most people um, don't know. <laughs> you heard so it here first. In my, <laughs> in my sophomore summer, I was in orientation leader for tech on campus. So I had to take a class. And at that point, the architecture school wasn't offering summer classes. So I kind of just started taking classes in different areas of like tech. So I took an international business class, Mm. which actually got me really interested in the business side. And I started to see a lot of applicable principles that could fit into design and architecture. So I think since then, it's just been in the back of my mind. And then when we were taking Jim Cramer's Making Money in Architecture class, it kind of like drove the point home where I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I definitely want to get an MBA. Nice. 
Yeah, that was kind of going to be our next question, that why, what made you decide to pursue an MBA? Um, outside of, you know, being really interested in it, did you feel like it was going to really help your career? Or what, what were some other reasons that you knew you wanted to pursue it? Yeah, um, I think another reason is like the firm that I worked at um, between undergrad and grad school was so small. I literally sat across from my manager so as he was doing a lot of business development stuff, like he'd be passing me um, papers across the desk just to get me to start thinking about these little things that you probably don't see until five, 10 years in the industry. And mm-hmm. you're actually being called upon to actually help with business development. So kind of seeing that side of the profession, um, I kind of wanted to make sure that as I'm getting to that point, I actually knew what I was doing. Yeah. yeah so because in architecture school, we don't learn anything about the business of architecture. Mm-hmm. There is a professional practice class, but I think but that's I feel like very it's basic. So, it's so over your head when you're when you take that class. I took that class in undergrad. So uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> it's definitely <over laughs> what is this? And, yeah. and I didn't I had no interest. I, I had some interest in it. I was like, I know I need to know this. Mm-hmm. But at this moment in my life, like I, I I'm not able to comprehend what this means or yeah. like. How am I going to apply this in my life? So I, it just was all over my head. So when I took it in grad school, well, the same class, that was way more applicable. I, was, I really understood where where that happened in the firm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think even at that point, it's still so basic mm-hmm. that you don't really get a full understanding of kind of how the business actually runs. It's kind of just getting you uh, acclimated to AIA standards yeah. and mm-hmm. like contracts yeah it's such a like macro overview of really everything that goes into it that i think you know as you pursue your mba that you're getting into way more specific classes and actually spending more time on these subjects so yeah so tell us about um how you applied to the mba program where you ended up going and (laughs) how it's been going this past year well i didn't go too far away (laughs) i applied pretty much only to tech's mba program because One, I was already a student, so I could apply as a dual degree student and not have to do two full years and just do a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the only way I was going to do it. After being in school for so many years already, I wasn't going to do another two full years. Right. You're like, let's get this done in the quickest amount of time and most efficiently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like save myself some money. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Is that why you didn't consider, you know, working a few years and then going back to an MBA? Well, I think the initially I was considering working a few years, but I think just the way things started to happen towards the end of uh, last year when things started to go virtual and COVID was like most people were having a harder time finding jobs. Yeah. I was kind of just like, and eh. I mean, Actually a great stay move. in school. It's a great time to go back to school. I think yeah. a lot of people like chose that option yeah. for sure. Yeah. So hopefully in the next half a year, I think I'm done in December, mm-hmm. things will be, people will be hiring again yeah. so yeah. I can get a job. You blinked and he already got another degree. I know. Went by so fast. <laughs> the world outside of school goes by super fast. Yeah. I can't believe the semester's already over and yeah. it's already happened. But while you're in it, you're like, it's really slow, actually. Yeah. Oh, no. Even this year, it seems like it's been flying. Really? Oh, yeah. Because of the remote thing or? I don't know why. It's just like Maybe every. Business classes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might just be that. 
But yeah, no, halfway through the semester, like it literally felt like we just started wow. a couple weeks ago. Well, that's a good thing though, right? Mm-hmm. Better yeah. and faster than dragging. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, tell us about what an MBA program is about. Like what classes do you take? I guess for all the architects that are so like in the dark about the biz- <laughs> business world. And yes, yeah, so what does it mean to get an MBA? <laughs> well, to get an MBA, it starts out kind of, very generally kind of introducing you to the various different business principles. So here at Tech specifically, and I think at other schools, the first semester is kind of accelerated. So instead of working on a semester basis, it's a quarter basis. So normally in a semester, you might take five, six classes. But I think that my first semester, we took, I took 10 or 12 classes. Wow. Yeah. So I took one set of classes between August and October, and then from October to December, a completely different set of classes. Um, And so those classes are just very basic introductory classes to kind of data analysis, um, leadership and management, accounting, finance. (laughs) I remember Amy posting them. The ones I blocked out of my mind, (laughs) (laughs) even though I need to know those. Right. How did you feel about taking such, I guess, number heavy classes, transitioning from architecture to doing finance and accounting? (laughs) What was that jump like? Did you enjoy it or? Um, I think it was like an adjustment. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it just because last time I did an actual math class was probably my sophomore year of undergrad. Yeah. And then we get more into design after that. Mm -hmm. So I, well, then structures is some math, but. I feel it's like, very like simple. Yeah. yeah. But then getting into full on accounting and finance it was not fun. <laughs> it was very rough, but you made it through. Nice. Yeah, that's all that matters. You made it through. And I feel like with these math classes, it's kind of nice that when you do an assignment, you know there's a right answer mm-hmm. and you can get to it instead of just working on it slowly, like an architecture class where <laughs> it's like this never ends. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but um, yeah. And I think with those, it's like, there's some few base principles that once you know those, you can pretty much work your way into any of the answers. While with design, there's so many, so many different things you can do that mm-hmm. like anything you do. S- Could be valid. Yes. I was going <laughs> to exactly. say anything you do is technically so right. Yeah. But nothing yeah. is right. Nothing is wrong. <laughs> yeah. There's infinite possibilities and there's not an ending point to yeah. right. design. So. Whereas in math classes, your homework has a right answer. <laughs> yes. You can turn it in. <laughs> and there's one way to do it usually. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So do you, can you walk us through how you're balancing doing business classes and working part-time? And how is it, is it possible for other people to do that? Can you work it out with your professors? Or do you see other students in your program doing that, I guess? Um, yeah. Other stu- students in the business school, um, work part-time as well. And I think my situation is um, not unique just because I know the professor that I'm I'm working for and I was in his class. So I think I have a little bit more flexibility than someone would normally at a part-time job. Mm -hmm. Like as long as I get my work done by my given deadline, I can put my hours in at any time to get it done. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's like before or after class. Um, I actually sit down and do design work. 
Um, <laughs> Put your design hat on. You're like business hat off. Yeah. But and then secondly, with the way the business classes are set up, I last in the fall, I think it was very busy in the morning. But then like there was a good stretch in the middle of the afternoon where um, I didn't even didn't have class. So it allowed me like to get in maybe a good three, four hours of working time. And then this semester, um, my earliest class starts at two. Oh, so wow. like I literally have the whole morning every day to put in time at work. Oh, OK. That works out. That's yeah. nice. So, so it's doable. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you worked during grad school, like mm-hmm. architecture grad school, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if anyone is a time bender. Time bender, time Time traveling, (laughs) (laughs) two places at once, all these things. Um, What's been your favorite class that you've taken so far? I know you've done one year, you have half a year left. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 75% of the way or something like that. Uh, 66, exactly. I was like, that wasn't right. She needs a a math class. I do need a math class. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, uh, what's been your favorite class? Um, so in the, well, a bit of background, in the fall, it's all the base principles. Um, and then in the spring where you can actually start taking electives in different classes that we want to. Um, so this spring I took a class called strategic brand management. Sounds Um, so cool. Yeah, no, it's like, I signed up for it just because I'm interested in marketing a bit, Mm -hmm. but honestly, it's like been one of my favorite classes ever. Wow. Yeah. So the professor, he used to work at PNG as a brand manager. And so he's written a book all about the 80-20 rule um, the Pareto principle. And so 80% of your revenue and kind of money you make is going to come from 20% of your customers. So he basically Mm -hmm. walks you through how to find that 20% of customers and like target your marketing towards them to actually be able to get them to continue buying the product and make money wow that's super interesting yeah and very relevant for a firm i feel like as well yeah Yeah. your niche your niche clients oh yeah yeah. definitely wow that's That's awesome i want to take that class (laughs) (laughs) maria's like i'm a marketing manager i can shadow this class (laughs) (laughs) send me the book (laughs) i can i guess along those lines um what skills have you learned that you think and in the your MBA, that can you apply to like in your architecture career? Mm-hmm. Um, we just talked about branding and like targeting your clients, but are there any other things that you think directly apply to being an architect? Yeah. Um, so another thing that I'd say applies to being an architect is kind of strategy and um, sustainability of a business. So with, on the strategy side, in part with like finding your Uh, 20% of your market that you want to target, you kind of have to develop a way to strategically target different projects and figure out what makes the most sense for your business at that point in time, rather than just be like an architect can do any different type of building. But if you find your specialty and kind of being able to target those clients, I think that's one thing I am the strategy part can help with. Mm -hmm. And then with sustainability of a business, on the architecture side, we talk a lot about um, the health of buildings, materials that you're using, but there are other things kind of like looking at the ethics of a business, making sure you're doing something that is long lasting and 
how it ties in with the rest of the economy rather than just architecture itself. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. And something that I think that we don't learn about in school very often. Yeah. And we kind of have this mentality in school. I think you kind of just work, 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 but you don't look at your kind of overall strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it makes sense to work smart almost with yeah. a goal yeah. in mind. It's, yeah. it's crazy that we don't learn that because like you could do so many different things as an architecture firm and specializing yeah. completely different types of buildings. And if you specialize in one, doesn't mean necessarily that you can do another one, like a completely different type of building yeah, or material or something. So it's, it's really like very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Which is not a good thing in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out there. So do you have um, plans as to how you're going to utilize your MBA? Has it changed your current path? Like, are you still going to become a traditional, quote unquote, licensed architect? And, or are you thinking of doing something else? Um, yeah. How are you going to use this degree, basically? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. It's like, oof, I Give spent the answer. money on it, so <laughs> yeah. I have to make use of it. Um, I think I still want to be a traditional licensed architect. But I don't, I think before the MBA part of my degree, I was, I saw myself being kind of like just a, not a CAD monkey, like being in Revit all day, just kind of, yeah, yeah, production for a firm. But I think now I want to do a lot more design strategy. So it's like part business development in how you're thinking about which clients to target um, and the overall trajectory of your firm rather than just producing drawings mm-hmm. oh yeah that sounds a little bit more interesting than just producing right yeah 100 <laughs> that's great mm-hmm. um have you been um kind of introduced to internship from your mba that you know would maybe align with some of this <laughs> strategy <laughs> and things like that yeah i was actually very surprised at um the number how architecture applies in the business context and how a lot of the internships out there are they're not specifically looking for architects, but architects could fit really well into those roles. Mm -hmm. Like before business schools, I would not like your path is just going to a traditional architecture firm. But a lot of the big companies have smaller internal architecture departments that kind of decide how their properties are managed Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the design of their stores and overall Mm -hmm. um, office spaces. So like some really cool internships that I've considered or there's a Nike workplace design internship where you're basically working on the design of various different Nike stores and partnering mm-hmm. with other, like you'd partner with other architecture firms for mm-hmm. the actual design, right. but you're kind of the on owner. the, yeah, yeah, on the owner's side, kind of making the decisions with the architect. Um, and then another one that I've been looking at is, at Bank of America, they have a client workplace strategy. So kind of managing all the individual Bank of America stores throughout America mm-hmm. and how their design is actually um, done and how the workplace are, work, their workplaces are managed. Um, but this summer, I'm actually doing an internship with Bank of America doing strategy and execution for one of their small business units. Wow, oh, great. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank That's super you. exciting. That's great. <laughs> Is it here in Atlanta or are you? Um, so normally it would be in Charlotte, but uh, it's still going to be remote. So okay. I get to stay here in Atlanta. 
That's so cool. I think it's awesome that your you your eyes have almost been open to how many businesses need architects. And mm-hmm. I think we're never really told to look elsewhere outside the traditional firm, like just mm-hmm. like you were saying. But yeah, every large business has internal architects. Yeah. Um, there's so many, yeah, smaller like subsets in these yeah. big businesses. And someone's got to make their buildings and someone's yeah. got to yeah. make there's their facilities. So we all need places to work. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Even with my job, like we, the CDC has architects in-house, which I never would yeah. have thought. But someone's got to make the labs, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it, that's great that business school has kind of, like, taught you that look outside the traditional firm. Yeah. Okay, so comparing the two, the architecture program and the MBA program, what are some of the biggest differences in the curriculum and the culture and things like that? Yeah, um, I think they're difficult in different ways. I think mm-hmm. architecture is more difficult on the technical and, like, you're figuring out your design ideology and thoughts Um, but with the business side I find that it's asking a lot more of kind of your thoughts and um, actually running through practical examples of where you'd be in leadership situations Mm -hmm. Um, and then another big difference is I think the business school culture is a lot more social Mm -hmm. than the architecture school (laughs) culture (laughs) where everyone is like Typically, um, in past years, not this year, um, they have socials every Thursday night where they'd go to a random bar or random... Like restaurant? Yeah, restaurant. Then you... Um, <laughs> club? <laughs> club? <laughs> club every Thursday. Kind of, or just a place where you can get drinks and go play games. And everyone would just hang out and socialize, kind of networking mm-hmm. with your classmates while... With the architecture program, I don't think we did a lot of that yeah, at all. Yeah. We didn't really flex our networking muscle very often. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, that's ha- that's part of getting an MBA degree is like all the connections that you make and, and learning how to have, you know, networking conversations, Yeah, which is a huge part of business development. I'm finding out now that I'm like experiencing it a little bit. Yeah, which we never do in architecture school. Nope. <laughs> we go to career fair and we freak out. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the first time I've been thrown in this situation. Whereas business school, I think they deliberately prepare you for that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even little things like going to this happy hour and things like that, you're learning to you know talk to your colleagues, to yeah. know how to talk in a professional way, but also keep it light. It's like such a balance that I think that's awesome that yeah. you're going to do that. And it starts from like day one where like – that's when most business students start searching for internships. And a lot of it is just coffee chats where you're reaching out to people at a firm you're interested in and just having conversations with them and trying to get a foot in the door at that company mm-hmm. to eventually, hopefully, turn that into a full-time job offer. Yeah. Right. It's more of a long-term like investing on the people and the relationships. That's like a, a different like job searching tip that I guess we don't really think about when you're just in architecture you're so focused on like my work and your portfolio and am yeah. i good enough instead of like establishing a relationship yeah yeah that's so true along those lines um what's a class or yeah i guess a class or skill or something or that you wish the architecture program had you know had given us or given students <laughs> a, class, a class you can steal from the mba program that you would to, plop into yeah. our program if you could <laughs> I think part of the answer would be kind of what we just talked about, the networking and building relationships with firms to begin with. Um, But 
as for if we're thinking just a specific class one okay one class is um maybe a version of a real estate finance class mm. where um you're actually learning how to put a project budget together um all the considerations that go into planning for overhead and like um scheduling out a yeah. architecture project or putting together a fee proposal mm -hmm. so that you kind of start understanding everything that goes into it rather than just fictitiously designing and um, hoping you can make money off your project. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it affordable housing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just throwing that name on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, you were a member and president of Nomas during grad school. How was that experience? How did you get into that group and... What did you learn from it? Yeah. And maybe say what NOMAS stands for also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so NOMAS is the National Organization of Minority Architecture Students. And I got involved coming back um, into grad school through the design competition that they host yearly. And so they were, we were, they were starting to ramp up the program again because I think they've done the competition in the past, but the year before, for some reason, they didn't. And so they're looking for new students to come join and help with the design of the project. And so through that, I just started attending more events because I wasn't a member in undergrad, <laughs> <laughs> which is in hindsight, I probably should have been, but just didn't end up joining. Too many other things going on. Yeah. It's okay. I wasn't yeah. involved in undergrad. Anymore. I just need to do studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then through that, um, just started a, started attending a lot more NOMA events. And NOMA is the National Organization of Minority Architects, mm -hmm. like the one step up from the student version. Um, so just starting getting connected with the minority community a lot more. And then my second year as president, it was a lot of fun kind of being in charge and leading the design competition, but also working to plan a lot of the different events and networking with NOMA members to find different ways that we could provide for our members and help them kind of charter a better path through mm -hmm. the architecture profession. Side question, yeah. how many competitions have you done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, I think it's probably a six, seven. I want to say know. eight. <laughs> Let's round it up. Yeah. Thanks, he's always a part of some type of competition. Yes. <laughs> Which I, is a great experience. You yeah, know, it's so. a great learning experience. But with Prep all the free for... time I have. Yeah. <laughs> not really. And business school is a lot of group projects, right? Yeah. So oh, it's this whole semester has been group projects. So imagine um, and it's all like outside of class groups. So imagine managing six group projects, oh. all different people. Online, mostly. Uh, mostly online. Um, towards the end, we like they were doing a hybrid system, so some people could go into class on certain days. Mm -hmm. um, so my group would go in and try and meet um, on our scheduled days. But a lot of it is online and mm -hmm. a lot of teams meetings. And oh man, yeah, it sounds like work. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like work on like, like five different world. projects. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Um, Thanks for letting us know or telling us about your experience at, during NOMAS. Um, along those lines, why do you think it's important for students to experience diversity 
in their colleagues and their professors while in school and then also in the workplace? Well, while in school, it kind of, in my opinion, you can't always think in the same mindset. And with people with more diverse backgrounds, they have a completely different lived experience than yourselves. And so just having a casual conversation while you're sitting in studio can help you start thinking in a completely different way than than you might have thought before. And especially within the industry, I think that diversity kind of allows for different firms to actually do work that is meaningful within certain communities. Mm -hmm. Like you can't expect some mega firm to just hop into a small local community and actually make a project that would be beneficial for that community. Right. But if you have a smaller kind of minority owned firm that actually knows that community, they can kind of tell you this is actually what the community needs rather Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. you telling them, oh, this is what we think you need. Right. Coming in from above, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you made a really great point about, you know, getting a multitude of perspectives and viewpoints from a diverse group of people. I feel like at our master's program, we actually had a very diverse group of students. And I learned a lot from just having conversations and, you know, just hearing what their education was like in their undergrad and things like that. So I think that's a very valid point. What do you think architecture programs can do to welcome and amplify the voices of people of color or a more diverse group of people. It's been a very hot topic. I know (laughs) this, especially this past year, and um, it's a very important issue also. So I wanted to get your take on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the first thing that can be done is having more diverse classes to actually begin with. Because if you look at all the classes that we took, it's either kind of positioned from the white Anglo-Saxon view of Mm -hmm. history and kind of more Western and European design um, ideologies. But we don't really touch on kind of more indigenous architecture and the history of kind of African architecture, Mm -hmm. um, West Indian architecture. And so if we can start getting classes where we're actually learning a little bit more about that, I think that can be a start Mm -hmm. to opening people's minds up to different types of design. Yeah, I think that also like with the previous question about diversity in colleagues and professors, if we had more diversity in the professors, then we could have more, you know, different types of projects for studio Mm -hmm. that address different issues that we don't talk about. It's not just like the history. I agree the history of architecture class is like very... Um, narrow, I think. Yeah. Like, there's one week that think, we spend in like Asia, <laughs> like um, the one week we did on like Egyptian architecture, right? And, like right. everything's Asian, lumped in together yeah, in that yeah. week, and then you just jump to yeah. Europe. Yeah, it's like, okay. and I'm pretty sure we revisited Europe twice. It's like, okay, we already did an Italy week, but let's do another Italy week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we yeah. I understand the importance of Italy in for sure, but yeah. you know, yeah. And then the whole second, there's like two history classes more diverse architecture gets one week out of yeah a whole year yeah. <laughs> that you're teaching oh it's not balanced at all <laughs> yeah no so with that what would you change about the architecture industry Ooh. if you had superpowers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or not i mean you can make a change to be the change Ooh, be the change <laughs> you want to see <laughs> um i think one of the main things that 
can be changed within the industry is providing for more exposure and relationships with diverse and minority communities. Mm -hmm. I think one way to start fostering a more diverse profession is most minority students or kids that don't know what architecture is like same how we all none of our family members were architects Mm -hmm. we kind of all just found our way Mm -hmm. into the profession but if we can start exposing ourselves to more to kids as they're younger where they can actually learn what an architect is and see that there are diverse architects that's one way to start fostering a more diverse future Mm -hmm. and then another the second thing that i change would be um, more community focused architecture like there are a couple of firms that do amazing community-based work but then a lot of other firms are doing cookie cutter projects just to make (laughs) money which i think kind of ruins the joy of architecture right Mm -hmm. like i feel like architectures should be of of service to a community and should bring something it should better a community right oh yeah i like the business model that you need to make money you might have to do the cookie cutter projects but then you also reserve time and money for the community-based projects Mm -hmm. and i think we might have learned about this in one of our classes but yeah you want to almost fund those projects and make an impact through the cookie cutter projects if you're worried about money but i think it's important to from the outset set that goal that you want to return back to the service mm-hmm. like you yeah. were mentioning. So we have some fun lightning round questions now. Oof, oof, I'm not prepared. And <laughs> has never seen these. Yes. <laughs> this first one might take a while because <laughs> it's a hard one. It's the question we hate being asked, but we ask everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> What's your favorite building? Oof. <laughs> favorite building in the world? I think it might have to be Villa Savoie by Le Corbusier Mm. because I think that was the first kind of major architectural building that I actually visited in person um, that we learned about in school. Yeah. (laughs) Again, the Western European architecture. It is cool to see it in person. (laughs) Yeah. No. So I think and I to me, it was just very breathtaking. And like actually after having learned a little bit about it to be like walking through and noticing the little design things that um, the design moves he was making within the building. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you studied abroad while you were in undergrad. Um, What was your favorite city that you went to? Um, So, yeah, in undergrad, I did a year in Paris. So I did an exchange program where my junior year I technically wasn't enrolled at tech um, and was enrolled at a small architecture university in Paris. Oh, cool. Yeah. But while I was there, I think it's a tie for my favorite cities like and place that I've been between Paris, which I just love the city, and then Rotterdam. It's like an hour away from Amsterdam. But literally within the first 30 minutes of me stepping foot into the city, I was like, I love this place. I could live here for the rest of my life. Transport oh. me here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I still do. Yeah. No, I think if I, in the back of my mind, I definitely want to work abroad. Mm-hmm. I might work in the U.S. for a couple of years, get licensed first, but then just leave and live the expat sure. life. Why not? And it'd be either be Paris or Rotterdam. Wow. Well, come visit. Yeah. You're always welcome. <laughs> 
Okay, along those lines, how many languages do you speak? Oof. And which are, what are they? Um, <laughs> so there's a couple that I speak fluently and pretty well. Um, I speak a traditional African language called Kajam, which um, kind of just growing up with my parents, we spoke it in the household. Um, then I speak English, as I'm <laughs> speaking now. Uh, I speak French uh, pretty fluently. I haven't spoken in a couple of years, mm-hmm. so it might be a little rusty. We won't um, make you say a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there's just a couple of like other languages that I'm slowly, slowly working my way to learning. Um, so I'm kind of a beginner in both German and Dutch. Oh, God. And, Dutch is so hard. But this yeah. is going to prepare him for his move. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah. You should take your AREs in Dutch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're already hard enough in English. <laughs> um, and then uh, Spanish is trying to make its way into the rotation of me learning it <laughs> very cool that's yeah. awesome okay this is a, this is the most important question in this whole episode Ooh. tell us about the day you met the queen michelle and barack obama <laughs> <laughs> oh geez um so in my senior year of undergrad um a bit of backstory throughout undergrad i was in the co-ed acapella group at tech infinite harmony And so my senior year, this is after coming back from Paris, um, I was back in the group casually. We were practicing for preparing for our concerts. Um, And then randomly, one of our members was like, hey, guys, guess what? Like a couple of months ago, I randomly signed us up or to be in the running to get chosen to perform at the White House. And we were chosen. And I was like, (laughs) what? Yeah, I think everyone else was in shock because he didn't tell anyone yeah. that he did it. Probably so people wouldn't get super excited if yeah. he didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, but no, it was just like, oh yeah, we're gonna be performing at the White House Christmas party, and I was like, Amazing. oh shit. <laughs> oh, what year was I, this? Um, this yeah, is twenty seven. It was December twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So it was his last year. And this was my last year of undergrad. And Obama's last year, right? Presidency. Yeah. Yeah. So you got right in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Snuck in right at the yeah. end. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, Were you so starstruck? Oh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I know. I felt like I... They asked us questions about ourselves. Um, so we performed, sang for... Um, we were singing as people were walking into the party. But then... So it wasn't guaranteed that we'd meet uh, Barack or Michelle. Mm. We just knew that we'd be performing in... Potentially, if they came by, we You'd could see, see them. Yeah. yeah. But um, at one point, they came and got us and took us to this separate room. And we thought we were just waiting to go out to for our next performance because they broke it up into different segments. Um, but then they were like, oh, yeah, the Barack and Michelle are about to come in. You guys should get ready to sing a small snippet of your song for them. Ooh. And we're like, oh. oh <laughs> and so they walk in and... One, I feel like everyone's mind is just like blank on what we were doing for a hot second. Like, what's the song again? Yeah, <laughs> just because we were so starstruck. Um, but then we sang the quick snippet of the song and got to take a photo with them. And they asked us kind of all about our backgrounds and kind of what we were studying. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I answered them, but 
honestly don't even remember what I said. <laughs> it was a, he just it blacked just out. Like, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> we should insert that photo of you oh. yes. into our Instagram and then point you out in the group oh, photo. Yeah. Like, this is Banksy right next to Michelle. Yeah, yeah. so look yeah, out for right that, there. guys. <laughs> I feel, um, I think one of our, the members in the group cropped the photo so that it's literally just um, like this, I don't think it's just mom and dad. Yeah, it wasn't shown to anyone, but it's looks it's like looks like a family portrait oh of God. Barack and Michelle, and then me there, and then she's sitting right in front. Oh, <laughs> um, Tell him to leak us that photo. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That must have been really cool. Oh yeah, it's a great great story that mm-hmm. I will have for the rest of my life. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, what's your favorite musician slash artist right now? Ooh, um, I think it changes all the time, just based on different songs that I'm listening to. But I think at the moment, my favorite artist is his name is Victor Tewo. Um, he's a British musician, and I randomly discovered him back in 2015. I think he only has like two albums out, but I love every song in both of them. And I'm patiently waiting for the next album. <laughs> well, also, fun fact, Banksy, like during school, he still managed to have time to like go to Atlanta art things and be active in the music scene, music scene of Atlanta. <laughs> That's why we asked this question. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing on my giant list of things i done yeah um, all right and very last question what's your favorite cocktail <laughs> <laughs> i think i might know i think we all know um my favorite cocktail is a gin and tonic yes my I it. go-to Solid. drink <laughs> <laughs> well too bad we can't have one for you right now at uh noon but um it's five o'clock somewhere yeah and it know. is the weekend <laughs> true no rules <laughs> all right well that was our interview and all the questions we got. So where can we find you on the internet, Banksy? Well, I am on Instagram. Um, my handle is just my name, Banksy, spelled B-A-N-G-S-E-H underscore A-K-U-C-H-U. Um, but I'm there. And I think that's it for now. All of it on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm also on LinkedIn. Business Facebook is plug. there. but. Yeah. I don't really use Facebook, but yeah, connect with me on either Instagram or LinkedIn. Yeah. If you guys have any questions about MBA programs or, you know, business school in general, you could DM us and we could forward it to Banksy, or I'm sure he would be happy to field some questions as well on his LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an ambassador for both programs, so right. always, always down to chat about both. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for the, doing this interview. We're so happy to interview you. Yes. Yeah. You were on our first like interview list. No <laughs> yes. problem, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks, Banksy. All right. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed that interview with Banksy. We really appreciated his point of view, especially coming from the business school side of architecture. Um, you can follow along with the rest of our episodes at Open Plan Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you could also follow us on Instagram at Open Plan Podcast. We're going to catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.